WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Thursday, September 14th. It is indeed Kale and Company here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always free and live on the Odyssey app, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzel with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. No word on whether or not Danilo Cavalcante will suit up tonight in the Eagles' backfield <laughs> because he's a pretty good runner. Yeah. But this is the first show in 14 days where we do not have to talk about him being on the loose. As that story broke yesterday, midway through our show. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing great this morning. Fired up for the Eagles tonight. That is correct. Eagles! Yes. Uh, Eagles by eh, seven or eight. A lot of injuries, though. Yeah, there are. Starting to pop up. Gregory, how are you? Oh, yeah. Good. I'm good today, buddy. Thank you. All right. We got some good stuff to get to on today's program. Media malpractice, the death of journalism. That'll be the feature of the big take. Also, Mitt Romney says bye bye. We finally get our wish. No more dinosaurs or rhinosauruses. 76 years old. We've been talking about age a lot lately on the show. And one of Joe Biden's biggest supporters, one of his friendliest columnists of the Washington Post, has had enough. We'll get to that this morning. Also, we've got drama surrounding a few women in politics. AOC on the left. Lauren Boebert on the right. Apparently, she tried to pull the big-time card. Oh, no. It didn't go too well for her. I'm... I'm telling you, you can't control these broads. I know. <laughs> Dawn, get your people in check. All right? Dawn, you better keep your mouth closed. <laughs> Even Don Lemon can't believe this. She did the old, uh, you know who I am. Yeah. Do you know who I am? I used to work in sports radio, and a guy tried to pull that card about a decade ago with a cab driver when he was drunk, and it didn't turn out too well. Oh, boy. Yeah. You can Google that story. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so we got a lot of good stuff today. Loaded duck, duck, go. You. Duck, duck, go. That's correct. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, 604, let's get the news going around, number one. And for that, we go to the great, the actual only journalist <laughs> on the show. One person that still does journalism in this city, the great Dawn Stenzel. Thanks, Nick. Good morning on this lovely Thursday, September 14th, 68 degrees. I'll tell you about the refreshing change in store weather-wise. A lot of sports news, but a lot of Philadelphia news as well. Let's uh, take you to North Philadelphia, where police say they're investigating a shooting that injured a PICA worker, an employee working. This happened late last night, where gunfire erupted on North Marshall and York Streets just after 10 o'clock at night. PICO saying that its employee was repairing a crossarm in the area in the area right when there was a, a stray bullet. So gunfire erupts. PICO had been called to the scene to restore power for you know to the area and fix something there 
and the worker was alert and conscious when those first responders arrived and rushed the worker to the hospital. So police investigating these reports that uh, three victims were dropped off at Temple University Hospital, not so far away. So we don't have a whole lot of details. There's a report that that another juvenile was struck as well. But this is a Pico employee. Yeah, utility people getting shot. (laughs) Yeah. I love how it was framed. They were dropped off. Hey, I got a drop-off coming by in about 10 minutes. Get ready. We got another one. So uh, we're we're looking at that one, but this investigation went, you know, well into the evening, obviously, and I don't have the latest where the PICO employee's condition was stabilized, but uh, certainly a a jarring jarring news to wake up to this morning to hear about this PICO employee. It's literally like a war zone. Mm -hmm. You worry about going into war zones to get hit with straight bullets. Right. That's Philadelphia. Like, who signs up for that when you sign up for a job and get hired at Pico? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. Deserve uh, war or hazard pay. Hazard pay, for perhaps. sure. Yeah. Yes. So, speaking of, you know, first responders, speaking of utility workers, um, and speaking of police recruitment in the city of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office yesterday afternoon asking a judge to revoke the bail of police officer Mark Dial. As you know, Officer Dial had been charged with first-degree murder last week, and this is a first. You rarely ever hear of this situation with an on-duty police officer charged with first-degree murder. This was after that fatal shooting of a motorist who refused to stop for police driving the wrong way um, and, and by all accounts, a tragedy for the family of Eddie Irizarry, who has demanded answers and has a lot of questions for this. Um, off former officer Dial, who's you know in the process of being fired, as we know, five-year veteran of the force, accused of first-degree murder, aggravated assault, and other related crimes after he shot and killed the 27-year-old man as he sat in his car. That was Kensington. That was August 14th. So in this one, Krasner says when defendants are charged with first-degree murder, they're held in jail without any possibility of bail. And the judge in the case, however, Judge Christian DeChico, set Dial's bail at $500,000, and you know immediately the police union stepped in, posted the necessary 10%, fifty grand, and Dial was released. So, so we, he, want, we want to revoke the bail of an officer here yes. in a day and age where nobody has to post bail for going and committing crimes. Very interesting uh, balance there. Sorry. Well, to your point, it's only in those first-degree murder charges. Right. So, um, you know, we've seen some quite famous cases where even one, there were, there were two motorists. I'll just take you back. There were two motorists who were a bike, a, a young man on a bike and a motorist got into a traffic altercation. You may, re- may remember this a few years back, Rittenhouse Square. And the person, the young man on the bike ended up stabbing in the back and killing the motorist. Mm-hmm. Krasner charged that individual who then fled the scene, tried to get rid of the murder, the, the uh, death weapon, mm-hmm. and ultimately charged that individual with third degree murder charges. And that, and that individual in that case, uh, actually, got a very shortened sentence the family of the man stabbed in the back mm-hmm. in a traffic dispute and killed yep i'm just giving you an example so there are ways that if you charge somebody with third degree murder they can get bail correct but this so there was an intention here 
to charge with first degree murder. Okay. So that he couldn't, they didn't want him to get bail. Okay. And that's like another first in the layers of Krasner, Larry Krasner. Alrighty. Um, yes, of course, more details of the situation of convicted killer, Danello, uh, Danello Cavalcante, 34 years old. Obviously, we were live. We were local all day yesterday and carried that. What was that? About 8.15, Nick? And you said... Yeah, it was right before Bruno. Okay, so you say... I think Nick said, I think they got him because it was just going viral. Mm-hmm. And right. that was the, the start of all of the coverage that has made international news. The escaped killer, Cavalcanti, taken into custody and was alive following that 14-day search, according to Pennsylvania State Police. So now it's being reported that once he was in custody and transported, he admitted that his plan was to use that 22-gauge rifle and carjack somebody and flee to Canada. No, he fits right here in Philadelphia. He fits right <laughs> in. He wants to do a carjacking. <laughs> so, and the other, the other issue is that that canine that ultimately... Because he was trying to still get away, even though he was surrounded. The canine Yoda, who is this awesome canine who ultimately is credited with catching him. He's a good boy. Oh, by the way, did you guys see this yesterday? So many people in the media um, having an issue and taking a gripe on social media with the photo op that all the officers took. It was the first question the reporters asked because dawn carried it live yeah uh it was the first question the reporters asked yesterday was, is that not protocol when they have these types of situations what's so why were so people so outraged over the fact that all the officers gathered around for like well, a team photo with with the guy arrested well maybe because he was on the loose for 12 days I don't well know. i mean i would think you know after 14 days and a lot of these officers probably work in long hours it's a proud moment for them yeah. I don't know. It seems like everybody was... And sports media people. Some of them down the hall that will remain unnamed on this show, because I don't want to you know, tick anybody off. But they're like, was the photo op really necessary? I'm like, just worry about the Eagles. They play tomorrow <laughs> night. Stay out of it. Well, and, and to your point, I love when during the news conference, and thank you, Greg, stayed here and we carried that, that news conference. But uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bivens, when he was asked, I thought handled it great. And just said, uh, no, I don't have a problem with it. They, they worked hard. They worked around the clock. Yeah. But there's also, I will say that there's a point where they're also documenting everything. And I know that people are saying, look, they're smiling. I guess somebody from another TV station, uh, took the picture, whatever. They still did have to take pictures to document the tattoo. But also in this day and age, they're being sued. They're being, so, what if they go forth? Oh, I was abused by these individuals, so on and so forth. So you want to document as much as you can. That That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. I stand by the fact they're allowed to take a photo. I agree. Privately, if I were you know, in the state police, I would say, guys, uh, you got five choppers ahead. Let's not take a, it, let's not take a victory photo. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. Like, yeah. I don't really care. I yeah. just, I do see where people can say that it looks a little. Yeah. I'm surprised. It's like, you know, it's like holding up a you know a bear or a deer. Yeah, when you, you go hunting. Yeah, yeah, you got your game. Yeah, yeah. Is it the same? I guess it's the same thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. We maybe we we get, we got to get like uh, some law enforcement people to ask us whether or not this is you know standard operating procedure in these types of drawn out manhunts. Did did the state police do that with Eric Frine when they found him after forty days? I'm not. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I think that probably the difference is that it. You know, there are drones and choppers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So whether or not they do this on a regular basis, we probably might not have known it. Okay. 
But I think in that moment, they're allowed to document its history, and it is evidence yeah. to just show everybody there, to show what they looked like, yeah. to show how they're dressed, to to capture the moment. Yeah, to show, you said this earlier, that he wasn't harmed. Right. He, well, he did have he, some blood on his forehead. Wow, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody else. That's dog. racism. <laughs> that dog is racist. <laughs> the dog Yoda. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I I can see. I can see both sides of it. I yeah. I don't have a problem with it personally because I don't right. care. He's a he's a cold blooded killer. Exactly. Who to you know be six feet under. Honestly, yeah. they didn't apprehend Mother Teresa. But but uh, on the other hand, it's like you know, congratulations, you did your job. I just I, I just know. find it odd that that when people comment on the subject as a whole. That's their first observation. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. not thank you to the officers. Right. Not oh, what a great yeah. dog that dog is. Yeah. Is the photos? The, what is this? A football team picture? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it shows you to, to your very point. It shows you the the mindset mm-hmm. of you know. It's it's almost as if they're always looking for something. Yep. Something to be offended by, <laughs> which we'll get to in the big take. Well, and and uh, well, something else to be offended by. Ah, well, the you know the what happened last night in South Philadelphia um, with our the Braves clinching the NL East yep. uh, in our house. Phillies losing. I mean, it was, it was going to happen anyway. Uh, Honestly, it's a surprise though. It, it took until September fourteenth. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I would have yeah. thought they would have had that thing locked up in August. Yeah. But okay. I mean, Bryce Harper said the other day, uh, the other night in his post interview, that they're going to clinch one way or another. It's going to be here. It's going to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to celebrate when it's going to happen. Sure. So it just so happens that they did it in yeah. a very bad fashion in front of a Philadelphia audience who did, booed them. Did they take a bunch of pictures together? <laughs> well, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, uh, d- did the Hulk Hogan with his uh, yeah, I saw that with his hand to his ear yeah because everybody was booing yeah he's a hell of a player I That's wish funny. we had him That's funny <laughs> yeah so we lost four one last night uh, it fills in St Louis tomorrow opening a series with the Cardinals and of course Eagles home opener against the Vikings tonight eight fifteen kickoff I heard a report that people are already down there tailgating. So somebody from KYW just interviewed somebody at like 4.15 in yeah, the morning. Yeah, this Guy's in the parking lot already. <laughs> He's not going to make it to the game. <laughs> oh, there's He's zero. He's passed out. He'll be gassed by noon. It's 8.15 tonight. <laughs> the God countdown. bless him. God bless I know. Him. Oh, my goodness. And that brings us to the forecast. NBC10 first alert forecast. So what a gorgeous, refreshing change to the weather. Lower humidity, sunny skies with a high of 76 degrees for your thursday september 14th and then tomorrow much of the same mostly sunny nice breeze uh 75 over the weekend saturday high clouds mixing with the sun it stays breezy with high pressure building building in from the west hurricane lee way offshore but giving us some of that nice breeze 77 degrees and we pop back up to 80 for your sunday a nice Sunny stretch, but beautiful weather today. That's the NBC 10 First Alert forecast. This is Kellen Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 616 on this Thursday morning. Let's get to another big take. The big take on Kellen Company. The big take this morning media malpractice. Journalism is all but dead, and the mainstream media is a disgrace. The point of the media and journalism used to be to gather facts, dig in, do their due diligence, and then report the truth to its audience at any and all costs. In 2023, and for many, many years now, the media has been bought and paid for and has become the lapdogs 
of presidential administrations, their advertisers, and they always have an agenda. And shame on media outlets and companies for allowing those that they cover to push them around, intimidate them, threaten to revoke their access, and bully them into presenting things with a narrative and a major slant. Just yesterday, Fox News reported that the White House had sent a letter to media executives urging outlets to ramp up scrutiny of the Republican-led impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Essentially, the United States government is acting like China in trying to create a state-run media. And the timing of this is comical, considering last Friday, the Fifth Circuit Court ruled that this administration cannot do this to social media companies, which is what they did when they violated your First Amendment rights during the pandemic in regards to free speech. One of the biggest issues I have with today's media is that they are afraid of offending people. Whether you are a reporter and journalist or a commentator or a host, you're paid to give your opinion on a specific subject, story, or matter. You need to give your 100% honest opinion without fear of offending anybody. Jim Avila wrote a tremendous piece on BarrettNewsMedia.com, an industry publication for talk radio, about NBC's Chuck Todd retiring from his Sunday show. The title of the column was Chuck Todd worried more about not offending guests than being a journalist. The subheadline was, he represents both sidesism, false equivalence, and I would add a compulsion not to offend, even when the audience is being offended by a guest who refuses to answer the question. Let me read you an excerpt of this column that I agree with 1,000%. Chuck Todd achieved his low bar for success. I wish he would have reached higher. While saying goodbye to meet the press after nine years of Sundays this week, the moderator reveled in the fact that he had not killed the longest-running television program in history, saying that his goal was lasting long enough to pass the baton. He has presided over the slow decline of Meet the Press's ratings, which is now third in the Sunday morning race, averaging a mere 2.5 million viewers. And perhaps most importantly, Todd presided over the broadcast's quicker, more thorough decline in viewer respect. Todd became a punchline amongst political and media critics, even comedians. It was Trevor Noah, of all people, who mocked him to his face at the recent White House Correspondents' Dinner, otherwise known as the Nerd Prom, rhetorically asking Todd, who was in the audience, how's it going, Chuck? And then he joked, I'd ask a follow-up, but Chuck doesn't know what that is, end quote. Todd's tenure at the helm symbolized what is wrong with today's journalism from the New York Times to CNN to NBC. As the Columbia Journalism Review summed up in marking the passing of Chuck Todd, he represents both sidesism, false equivalence, and I would add a compulsion not to offend, even when the audience is being offended by a guest who refuses to answer the question being asked. Todd's chief competitors, George Stephanopoulos on ABC's This Week, and CBS's Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan, are much more willing to keep asking an important question until it is actually answered. And perhaps the best lesson in what not to do versus what to do was displayed on his own sister network, MSNBC. The interview subject was the shiny new object of the political world, our buddy Vivek Ramaswamy. And while Chuck Todd did his usual poor job of challenging the Republican primary candidate, his colleague on MSNBC, Mehdi Hassan, came prepared with a list of questions. We actually aired this for you on the cut sheet last week. And previous quotes by Ramaswamy, which served to impale the tech pro with his own tweets and sentences. That's the excerpt. And that is what I would say 
is being roasted. That personifies and explains exactly my feelings, not only about Chuck Todd, but so many others in the media, both in news and politics, as well as my previous field in sports media. Your job as a host or journalist is not to make friends with the president, White House press secretaries, lobbing up softball questions, letting them slide out the back door, not being buddy-buddy with politicians or a football coach or an athlete. Your job is to ask the pertinent pressing questions that the people want answered. I know that, and I'm not even a journalism major. And if they don't answer, you reword it and you follow up. Recently in sports media, ESPN just let go of a bunch of people that were overpaid, didn't generate ratings, were too political, and became a losing investment. In doing so, they spent a boatload of money on one man, Pat McAfee, who is wild, entertaining, not woke, and has a massive following built from a YouTube show. And what has the fallout and reaction been? Former ESPN talent crying about how their political views weren't welcomed anymore. Well, it's very simple. Get woke, go broke. You know the adage. It's proven. Dan Lebetard is one of those guys, a former columnist, turned talking head on ESPN, who is no longer there now, who is super left and progressive and had to say this on his Florida show. What is funny about what just happened with McAfee is I don't know if it's so because I can't go back in time and know if it would have actually be possible to have my politics and be what that is because it's inescapable that post-George Floyd, what happened there is they told me focus groups showed no politics with this and that show's not going to have politics either. That was a quote from Lebetard's on his Monday show. He goes on to say, quote, but it looks a little bit like ours, like all of it, the fun formula and all that stuff. But at the center of it is a professional wrestler who's vastly more entertaining than me. I don't know if we could have actually been there given what my politics are like. I don't think it's possible, end quote. Well, Dan, it's very simple. You were let go because sports fans don't tune in to hear your thoughts on social justice messaging or George Floyd. Here are some numbers, some ratings to prove the point. On Monday, Levitard's show on YouTube drew 38,000 views. Pat McAfee got 485,000. On the first day of the NFL season, McAfee beat Levitard 476,000 to 26,000. That's like Fox News beating CNN three times over. It's a pretty simple formula if you're in the media or if you're a journalist, whether it's news and politics or sports. Be authentic, be fearless, work hard, quit worrying about people's feelings, and oh, by the way, try to entertain somebody along the way. And most importantly, stay in your lane. Stick to what your format is. Nothing more, nothing less. And if that doesn't, you'll be laughed at, mocked, or even worse, not consumed at all. That applies to Chuck Todd and any other hack in media that the audience can see right through. And that's The Big Take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in your thoughts and reactions, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210, Twitter and Instagram, at 1210WPHD, or, of course, be a part of the Kale & Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. We'll come back, get some thoughts on that. Also, Chuck Todd's successor is going to have a debut interview with Donald Trump. We'll get to that story. And also, Mitt Romney says bye-bye at 76, and I don't think there are many Republicans that will miss him. 
We'll get to that as we continue. Six o'clock hour. Kale and Company, Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Tonight, 8 15, the Eagles home opener against the Minnesota Vikings. Right now, <clears throat> looks like the spread has ticked down about a half a point. Eagles uh, minus six and a half. I'm going to take the Eagles minus six and a half and the over at 48 and a half. They're going to be fired up after. Uh, after a almost loss to the uh, New England Patriots on a Sunday. Right now, <clears throat> go to uh, FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. And you can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I love the FanDuel app. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now. It's the official partner of 1210 WPHT and is the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over, president of PA. First online and real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as now withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required. To watch YouTube TV redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription or news cancel anytime. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning? Another chance at a great gift card at 920 in our morning mystery movie clip. And, of course, 950 this morning, another keyword, your opportunity for a free trip to Walt Disney World. Disney vacation getaway in Orlando. By the way, real quick, because we've been promoting that and doing these keywords, what is the actual date in which a winner will go? Do we know? Is it like a winter trip? Uh, I don't I, I don't have any of that okay. information. Because that's like, that'd be a great time to go to Orlando. Like, we just know it's free. Yeah, it's, that's it's why, free, it's for me. <laughs> that's why everybody should listen at 950 for the keyword, right. and then go to 1210WPHT yeah. and enter it, because it's free. That's correct. And if you don't like it, you don't have to comment on it, because it's free. How about that? 855-839-1210. Um, we're going to get to Chuck Todd's successor, and who this individual will have on the launch of the new show, and it's probably as big as it can possibly get. There's also a local tie to that story as well. Um, but I do want to get some thoughts and reaction to the big take with journalism and media. And, Don, you know, it's interesting. I, I would have to believe from when you graduated and got into the field and got your first job to now in 2023, journalism and the media, the media for sure has absolutely changed. The landscape is completely different. And I think journalism has changed a lot as well. Where I, I just feel like nowadays we look at the Matt Taibis of the world or the Michael Schellenbergers of the world, mm-hmm. very respected bulldog, hardcore journalists that don't really have a political agenda, but then they get viewed and portrayed as alt media because they're not in line like the rest of the lapdogs. And then from like a citizen journalist standpoint, um, although I would say these two are more biased, like Mark Fusetti does a lot of citizen journalism, but he does it from the former officer perspective. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Meg Brock. She's a noted conservative. She's not going to hide from that or run from it, but they at least have some conviction. They have a backbone and they go after things that don't make sense. So from that standpoint, I just think journalism has changed much for the worse 
And this really stems from yesterday when I'm seeing that headline at the White House is urging media executives to ramp up criticism. You don't get to dictate the content that these outlets put out. That's not your job, but that's what they're trying to do. It's so well put, and I love that you took on this topic. It's something that I get asked about all the time. And, in fact, last night, shout out to uh, Delco Anthony's the uh, Commonwealth Club was out there, and that was one of the questions with the GOP here in Pennsylvania. And many people just saying, how do we get our message out? Because when we as people who are trying to run for office or be involved in the community, uh, the, the media, all they want, they want to ask certain questions and won't even let us get out any of our views or policies. And so how do we even get our, our what we believe in? How do we even share that with the public? And so that was to your point about citizen journalism or citizen reporting. You know, you do have your own voice online, but then how do you how do you get out there? It used to be like to your point uh, back in the day. You know, you mentioned Tuck Chad, uh, Chuck Todd, and, and I like, like that. Tuck Chad. Tuck Chad. I like Tuck Chad way better. He's yeah. transitioning Tuck. to something else. Yeah. So he's, he's Tuck Chad. <laughs> Maybe that was Freudian, right? <laughs> Old Tuck. Old Tuck. Old That's what Chad. I'm calling him for now. Tuck Chad. Um, and by the way, being replaced by somebody who's who grew up here in Philadelphia because Kristen Welker, yep. pr- uh, you know, pride of Philadelphia, worked at NBC 10 locally for many years, paying her dues. Mm-hmm. And I think that she remember she was one in the debates that Trump complimented that, um, you know, and even though they've had their back and forth, she tries to be fair. She try, you know, here in Philadelphia, she always tried to give the full story mm-hmm. so i always keep the half glass the glass half full yep. type thing but i think moving forward i do think that more and more the media loses credibility part of what, so you say what changed so it used to be that media entities were independently owned and independently run we've talked about fmz in the lehigh valley sure right grew up on that So FMZ, one of the few television stations in the nation that is independently owned, in other words, by a family, and they're not, they don't bow down to any of the networks, that sort of thing. That's a very big deal. And so now what happened was you had major media corporations buying out. And we talk about it all the time. Oh, who's buying Disney? Who's buying Fox? Who's buying, who, who owns ABC News or CBS? So those huge corporations took over. So if you look at the six ABC website, it you'll you'll and then you look at any ABC affiliate across the country, they have continuity. Why? Mm-hmm. They're all corporate owned. Right. And so it's not just the graphics, yeah. it's also the the overloids of overlords of corporate America mm-hmm. have taken over the media. Yeah. And over time that meant that it it was not an altruistic wing. It was something very different. Also, it was a situation in my day, like I went to a journalism school, there were apprenticeships, you had paid internships, but you worked, you paid your dues Mm -hmm. and there were gatekeepers all along the way. Now you have MM, you know, multimedia journalists, they go out with a camera, they're by themselves. There's not the oversight. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they're just doing what they want to do. They're giving, depending on the station and the management, and that's a real problem. And so there's not, there is not somebody to guide you through as far as ethics. So that's, that goes back, I'll say 20 years. Yeah. So if you look at from Walter Cronkite, the other thing though, I'll, I will bring up that, that supersizes it. And there's a book called The Filter Bubble and it's uh, by Eli uh, uh, Pariser. 
So it talks about, it takes it further and how now we have the algorithms and the person, we've talked about this a lot with DuckDuckGo. Yep. So the great thing about DuckDuckGo, and if, and if you care about broadening your horizons information-wise, right. you want to use DuckDuckGo because there are these algorithms that instead of doing what we thought the internet was supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is broaden, you know, oh, I didn't know this, and yeah. right, opening up our minds. It's doing the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Takes us down, and the cover, one of the covers of that book, The Filter Bubble, shows an ostrich with its head, you know, buried in the sand, mm-hmm. but it's the personalization, the algorithms that narrow our focus. Well, that's what Google's being accused of right now. In the, you're right, yeah. In that suit, in that lawsuit. That lawsuit. Yeah. It's a major antitrust, right. you know, federal lawsuit, so... This is something everybody has to be aware of and for conservatives to be able to converse. But then I'll, th- you know, we talk about Susie Cool. You talk about Bruno's update as being reinstated on Twitter. What's going on with people who get canceled by social media mm-hmm. and they never really know why? Right. And then they'll even say, oops, uh, sorry. Yeah. It was a technical error. Just be glad we restored it for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, just be glad you're back on the platform. Like, whoosh, lucky you, you're back. That's correct. 855-839-1210, the phone number. You mentioned Kristen Welker, and she will be the successor for Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press Sunday morning. 47 years old, Philadelphia girl. You mentioned uh, local NBC 10 went to Harvard. And her first guest will be none other, who she apparently has the respect of, and that will be Donald J. Trump. Uh, this coming out yesterday, um, the executive producer, David Gellis, spoke of interviewing Trump in a chat, uh, saying, quote, We are in the business of covering politics. It is not our job to pick and choose the leaders. The American people get to do that. And so our job is to make sure that the American people understand who the people in power are, what they stand for, and what they plan wow. to do. Wow. So that's oh, like, that, that sounds the opposite of <laughs> Wait, what Chuck Todd did for however what, many years he was there. What is he, the executive producer of NBC? NBC. Wow, okay. Yes. Now we'll see if he can come through with that nice delivery there and follow through with what he's claiming yeah. the mission statement will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't recall the Kristen Walker Trump interview, but Dawn, as you said, it seems like she was, you know, pressing him a little bit and he respected it. And mm-hmm. it seems like maybe there is somewhat of a rapport and there's a mutual, hey, yeah, let's do this. Which, if you're Kristen Walker, I mean, there's no bigger guest in that spot for your debut show yeah. than Donald Trump. That's huge for her. And it's. And was it? It was. Um, it was one of the debates, right? That yes. She, that she moderated. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah. She moderated one of the debates. And okay. but uh, pride of um, good Quaker education, Germantown friends mm-hmm. <laughs> here, right here in Philadelphia. I I haven't talked to her in a in a long time, but I will just say to you, uh, I always liked her when I knew her here in Philadelphia when she worked for NBC Ten, and she always I thought was professional and fair, and I think that's what Trump when he complimented her in that one debate. Moving forward, I, I just hope that she re- she restores some of this and leads people at least to try, just try, mm-hmm. just try to show that you're you're trying to be fair. They're not going to be fully. We, they've already shown their hand, mm-hmm. but in this case, it does give me hope. And you think about the you know Tim Russert is iconic in that role, and when he and when he did that show, he always he was cordial and professional. He was so tough as an interviewer. But in the end, there was always some, you know, 
antidote about the, the sports or the, the way they were sports fans. And he kind of brought it all together and ended on a very nice note. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, it's just nasty. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, and then lastly, a uh, very big story yesterday, and this really hits with what we've been talking about on this show for a handful of weeks. We've been discussing age term limits, age maximums for Joe Biden, Diane Feinstein, Mitch McConnell, John Fetterman, on down the list. Well, yesterday, Mitt Romney announcing that he will not seek re-election in 2024. The, quote, Republican from Utah announced that uh, when his term ends in January of 2025, he will step aside. As we know, he was the 2012 GOP candidate for president. He spoke to the Washington Post ahead of his official announcement and said his age heavily influenced his decision and that he believes younger Americans need to step up and shape the world they're going to live in. I uh, I was going to play this during the cut sheet. I might I, I might still. You can save uh, it. But, but no, no, no. I, I'll play it right now for the early uh, for the people who tune in early. Okay. We very rarely play audio clips for the six o'clock listeners. So this is uh, cut seven, Daniel. This is Mitt Romney announcing that he won't seek re-election. Cut seven. I've spent my last twenty-five years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-eighties. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront those issues. On deficits and debt, Both men refuse to address entitlements, even though they know that this represents two-thirds of federal spending. Donald Trump calls global warming a hoax, and President Biden offers feel-good solutions that make no difference to the global climate. On China, President Biden underinvests in the military, and President Trump underinvests in our alliances. Political motivations too often impede the solutions that these challenges demand. We can certainly get into the content of what he's saying for the reasons why he's stepping aside outside of his age. But for just this moment here, as we wrap up the segment, it's just actually, forget what you think about Mitt Romney, so refreshing that a politician at 76 says, you know what, I'm not going to stick around another 10, 12, 15 years. You know what's interesting about this is that when he said he was 76... I, you know, we talk about age all the time and fitness. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. He, he does not look 76. He sounds or act like 76. Sounds and looks like he could keep going. And that's not a disrespect to people who are 76 years old because there's a lot of them who are, uh, you know, who could run circles around me. I, I understand that. But when you think about age and you think about somebody mm-hmm. who is, who doesn't want to seek another term because he's going to be in his 80s, I, Mitt Romney was not the first person that jumped out at me because right. I, I didn't, to be quite honest with you, I never really thought about his age. Yeah, and I, I don't. It, this to me is not about. Well, he's a rhino and good. I'm glad he's gone, but I just love the fact that we <laughs> he's are. Not gone yet. But, well, he's thank God. Yeah. Well, it'll be close. What are we? Uh, about 15 months left. Did you see what Trump? Uh, yeah. Did you see what Trump wrote on Truth? victory loud. What did he say? He said, uh, "Fantastic news for America." The great state of Utah for the Republican Party. Mitt Romney, sometimes referred to as Pierre Delecto, <laughs> will not be seeking a second term of the U.S. Senate, where he did not serve with distinction. Yeah. This is from Trump. Because remember, Romney used that pseudonym, um, Pierre Delecto, yeah. on Twitter 
because he was trying to be anonymous. Uh-huh. But Trump added, and this is the key point, uh, a big primary fight against him was in the offing. He was going to get, he was going to lose. Right. And so he says, but that will not be necessary now. Congrats to all. Make America great again. There you go. My <laughs> my question for you guys is that I was, you know, I was at this radio station in 2012. I I saw a rally <clears throat> in Bucks County outside of Newtown in a field where he had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. If you looked out at that crowd in Bucks County uh, a few days before the election of 2012, you would have been like, well, this guy's certainly going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Sandy. It was... So this is why... 11 years later, and like he's persona non grata in the Republican Party. Like, party, party because, he, because he... The truth, the truth was it was a, a critical moment. I was on the TV side covering it. And so the, the issue, Greg, is that, first of all, that horrible Candy Crowley debate with Obama... Where Candy Crowley, remember this? Yeah, I'm not trying. I don't want to go so back was, in time. I'm just, I'm just curious was, what happened with, with. But this is the creation of Trump, and I think it's an important. Why did people? Uh, why did people celebrate Trump? Because in that moment where everybody was watching, it was a debate where Candy Crowley of CNN took over and wrongfully lied about facts and sort of smacked down Romney. If that had happened with with Trump. He, he would have said, oh, no, who are you? Uh, am I debating Obama or you? Mm-hmm. And he would have snapped back. Romney didn't do that because he was respectful and he believed, look at the big take that Nick's doing. This was going on and, and Republicans and conservatives weren't fully realizing it. Right. And it's why the big take this morning that Nick Kale, if you missed it, it was awesome. And it's, it's relevant. And so Trump w- was created by the media bias and out of that. And that's why people rallied around him and still to this day. And he's been on both sides of the media, whether he was the media Amen. darling. NBC and darling for 16 years. Right. So blame NBC to make him a star. But then Sandy happened. Romney was ahead prior. It was close, but he was ahead prior to Hurricane Sandy. And then freaking Chris Christie <laughs> came out there hugging Obama. Sloppy Chris Christie. At the same point, Romney felt it wasn't appropriate to really do anything Rom- during Romney Sandy. Got- and he stopped. Romney got trounced in that. Election. He did. He got he did. Get, he did election. because he was he it was, it was looked weak. Yeah. It was never close. Look look back at the polls, my yeah. friend. Well, polls are well okay. Useless. Take but polls with a grain of salt. It took a huge turn. It took a huge and drastic turn when Sandy happened. Obama looked strong. Big the big guy in Jersey hugs him, but also Romney looked so lame and weak. In both the debates with Candy Crowley, when she was biased and horrible, and actually, they, I think that that was her demise because it was so bad. Even CNN had to admit it. But also, that was the big hug heard around the country. And but he was weak. That, I mean, he really was. He he's he, he's a good man. I, I'm not, but he, I'm not dismissing that. But not a good leader. And I think that's that is a critical moment for the creation of and the rise of Trump. I'm just saying that piece of history is important. 855-839-1210 is the number one of Joe Biden's biggest supporters says don't seek re-election. The details coming up next as we continue. Kale and Company live here on a Thursday morning. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Innovation refunds. Do you know about it? You really should know about it, especially if you own a small business. Innovation Refunds has been asking small business owners just to check and see if you may be eligible for a 
big payroll tax refund, and that's for the ERC, the Employee Retention Credit. So if you own a business with five or more full-time W-2 employees, you can learn more about your ERC tax refund eligibility at innovationrefunds.com. You can call 1-843-REFUNDS. So just to give you an example um, about a true story of a CPA, Bill Goodman, an owner of Ford and Goodman Accounting Firm. Okay, he didn't think his own business, this is a CPA, okay? He didn't think his own business would even qualify until he reached out to Innovation Refunds. Even a CPA like Bill um, understood just how very different filing an ERC claim is from doing regular income taxes. Okay, that's why his accounting firm did not do their own ERC tax return. What does that tell you? So they've referred several clients now to Innovation Refunds because this is a skill set. And that's why you need innovationrefunds.com, 1-843-REFUNDS. Determine your eligibility, and there's nothing to lose here because there is no upfront charge. Okay, they don't get paid unless you get paid. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or any legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and then process your claims, cutting through all that red tape, cutting through all the bureaucracy. Terms and conditions apply. InnovationRefunds.com. Tell Dawn sent you. Thursday morning, Dawn will kick off hour number two with some news. Also, some stories with Joe Biden, a favorite Biden columnist saying he should not seek re-election in 2024. Uh, And also, the front page of the New York Post today, just absolutely destroying Joe Biden. Uh, the front page, I just tweeted it if you want to take a look at it, at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L on Twitter. Uh, under Joe Biden, the median household income has now fallen to $74,000, which is actually $4,000 less than it was in 2019, the last year before the pandemic. Inflation still up 3.7%. Gas, price, uh, ga- gas prices soaring. And the headline on the New York Post says, it's still the economy, stupid. Bidenomics isn't working. And you got this like goofy looking picture of Joe with somebody holding a bunch of money on fire. Um, so we will get into a little bit of Joe Biden coming up to kick off hour number two. Uh, and then also, um, Bill Maher will be returning with his show, Sands Writers, which seems to be a common theme and trend if you've been paying attention to the writer strike. So we'll get to all of that. And also coming up in the seven o'clock hour before we get to the cut sheet. Two very interesting stories about where we are as a society today from the Wall Street Journal, one of which includes in the workplace now, they will no longer offer you feedback because that is offensive and too harsh. Moving forward, the new buzzword is we will offer you feed forward. (laughs) True true story, Wall Street Journal. This is not a spoof. This is not a Babylon Bee story. When are you doing this? Uh, this is coming up in the 7 o'clock oh, hour. Can't we, wait. we got to get to this. This will be amazing. So we'll do all of that as we kick off hour number two. It's Kale & Company live here on a Thursday morning. And we're back after this on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Start your day with Kale & Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app.